0: Hey guys, Tim Glom here for Thinking Caps, and this week we are featuring Andy Gladwin. Now Andy is the head of Global Mobile here at Cheetah Digital and has been in mobile for quite a while. What do we break down? We break down messaging apps like WeChat, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger. What can enterprise brands activate today as well as what does the future hold on those third-party apps? We also discuss if those apps actually are contributing to the death of SMS spoiler alert they are not in fact did you know that the us sms market is worth 15 billion dollars right now and if you add rcs to that it's going to be nearly 30 billion dollars in 2023 don't know what rcs is rich communication services again we break it down we reveal this new but growing channel of what it might mean for your brand very quickly have you ever considered conversational messaging for your brand did you know that this interactive strategy can exponentially increase your consumer's engagement time with your brand? Plus, it can capture insightful zero-party data down to your database. So, we cover regulation, acquisition ideas, and everything in between. So, let's get started. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Thinking Caps. I'm joined uh, by Richard Jones, our CMO at Cheetah Digital. I am Tim Glom, and we have a very special guest today who's always on the go because he's the head of mobile over here he's the go-to-market leading the go-to-market strategies for mobile for cheetah digital with andy gladwin thank you for coming to us from the safety of your own home it's april we're still in the covid mess we're all we're all at home but andy thanks for coming to us we know it's late there for you happy to have you thank you andy uh aka mr
1: mobile is here (laughs) to tell us all uh about uh what's going on in the uh, the world of mobile so Andy, I can see you wearing a Cubs hat there. Um, I thought it would be fair enough if, uh, if you were wearing a Cubs hat to give you a first question, which is a bit of a, uh, a, a softball. So uh, here you go. <laughs> um, just a few things. Uh, one or two have happened in mobile after the last 20 years. What does this actually mean for, for enterprises in the way in which they can actually engage their customers? Take it away.
2: Sure, thanks for the softball off the start there. So um, I think you need to look at a few things. Firstly, yeah, technology's changed over the last 20 years quite considerably. Um, you've gone from feature phones, your Nokia 3210 that you play Snake on to uh, picture phones, Motorola razors, um the BlackBerry, and then going to smartphones, iOS, Android, wearables and now connected devices in your home. And uh, with that, there's been an evolution of the channels that has um, been able to facilitate and also that have been able to adopt onto mobile um, mobile devices. So uh, voice and SMS and then MMS came next, uh, email through BlackBerry and then really the big, not a huge headline, but the big game changer was really with the iPhone and uh, Android devices enabling apps, wallets, location, social channels, messaging apps. Um, or to suddenly take presence. And yeah, it's the last one, the messaging apps, which um, I think you've also seen from an enterprise perspective, a change in customer behavior over um, the last certainly five to ten years where they have really come from from nowhere um, to be really the chosen form of communication. Can with each have,
0: Andy, can you give us an example of what you mean by a messaging app right now for, for those that might not know what those yeah, are? N-
2: not a problem at all. So these are... Um, applications by third parties for for messaging, so WeChat, WhatsApp, Viber, Line, Skype, KakaoTalk, uh, all forms of messaging apps. And uh, underlying this, you know, you see themes that have come from from this transition of technology and um, and the devices. And you know, one, the content has gone from. Being very basic to rich and interactive, the devices themselves have gone from convenience. You have your mobile when you break down your highway, versus now it's it's actually literally connected and awareable. And then finally, engagement's moved. It's no longer uh, transactional, but very much conversational in the manner in which mobile works. Um, I I think going to your question,
1: can can I just jump in here and go, you know, there's obviously amazing things that have happened, but. You know, I still keep coming back to the fact that the first Nokia I had was unbreakable. And, you know, all these advances have just led to very easily breakable phones, this <laughs> guy.
2: Uh, I'm completely with you. I remember where uh, I was younger and everyone had the same charger, and that was just so easy. <laughs> a, charger, and you charge it, you do that, I don't know, once every three days and you were fine. Um, so not everything has gone right over this time in terms of technology, but, um, you know, when, when we look at the, the channels that are now being used on these devices, you have WeChat with 1.1 billion users. You have Facebook Messenger, 1.3 billion. WhatsApp have now got 2 billion users globally. And so for enterprises, to answer your question, you want to be on the devices that sit closest to customers, most personal to them, and you want to have the most frictionless experience with your customers. And that means trying to engage with them on the channel that is a preferential channel, and their habitual channel rather than forcing them onto other environments. Wow.
0: So billions and billions of people on these messaging apps, our whole human consumption and behavior has changed. I mean, I can see my kids growing up on things that we never had like a rotary phone on the wall. Right. Um, is this really the death of like, with all these messaging apps, is this the death of what I use to talk to my mother and my father, you know, SMS and just, you know, simple push like what What's the state of that?
2: Yeah, it's certainly not the death of it. I think that there's going to be some displacement of use cases that move from different channels. Um, but all in, I think that this is going to be different channels that continue to provide different use cases and uh, values in an ecosystem that's going to grow. Uh, they're going to work side by side. Now, SMS today is a 15 billion US dollar marketplace and it's still growing. Okay? And you go, okay, well, the boring 160 characters with no pictures. Why why do people use that? Well, it's ubiquitous. It works on any phone, smartphone, feature phone. You don't need to download an app. It has 90% read rates um, within 90 seconds. It has immediacy. There are click-through rates of 19%. I can go on with the stats, but you know, the, the familiarity is another part. Every demographic can use it. There isn't that technical hurdle for different demographics go, uh, you know, I don't know, how do I use WhatsApp? I've had lots of difficult conversations with my father about how to use WhatsApp and send pictures, and it's painful. With SMS, it isn't. Um, And recently, I uh, obviously wrote a a blog around how it could be better used during COVID-19 as just a great channel to cut through other channel difficulties in terms of deliverability to hit huge audiences in time-critical fashion for for very important messages. Um, uh, Recently talking to to Mobile Ecosystem Forum, and they highlighted a a few additional things to this. So in India, there's an example whereby the infrastructure has been under such strain because the amount of people staying at home, consuming the internet, has created a a blockage to other channels that, that use that, whereas SMS has had a greater um, surge in demand for companies like Tata to deliver important messages to consumers. Um, and it's a trusted channel, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Operators invest huge amounts into firewalls, into all kinds of algorithms to prevent spam and fraud. And with COVID-19 there are yeah, companies like Context who continue to develop their algorithms to protect Saying, hey, why don't you um, open your account to ensure that everything's still working during coronavirus? Or, you know, we want to make sure that you're able to receive aid. Uh, can you open your bank details so that we can make sure we can deposit in there? These are the kind of crazy things that frauders are pivoting towards. And um, it's a very active industry um, that sits within SME, SMS to, to defend against those kind of threats. Um, the, the second part was around push and, yeah. From a consumer perspective, uh, I don't see apps going anywhere. Think of the convenience of uh, right now, I I go on the train when I commute to work and I want to see my entertainment. I'll be there on Netflix, on Spotify, all on my phone. I might be playing a game. Um, It could be baseball with the the softball question, Richard. Um, And then you go and, and you look at, okay, what about the convenience of travel, hospitality, utilities, where... It's a great platform to have ease of use, to get immediate uh, call to actions, what you need. And and finally, for brands, these are probably your most important advocates that have chosen to download your app, that they have said yes to receive push notifications, and you want to know, what does a good customer look like? And with that good customer, let's make sure that we take care of them. And for us, we we see uh, simple things like a high demand for uh, features such as deep linking, whereby we can point them to uh, the correct content for live uh, live content after a football match, whether it's highlights or whether it's post-match interviews, but things that are are there that you you want to have the relevance and make sure you nurture those important relationships that you have.
1: Yeah, it's it's quite you know quite interesting seeing from on the Cheetah Experiences uh, side of uh, things. Obviously, that you know that, that I've been doing as the, the, the CEO of of, of Wayne that was acquired by Cheetah for for ten years. You know, in the last few years, there's been quite a demand for people to actually uh, embed through deep linking um, uh, Cheetah Experiences inside their branded mobile app. In order to lift the level of engagement inside that app, I'll give you a really good example. Um, so, uh, Vodafone, uh, with their My Vodafone app, have that in you know most of the markets they work in, um, and it's you know one of the most important mechanisms with which they communicate to the customers. But of course, the app itself is is you know no offence Vodafone is <laughs> it's a little bit of a dry affair because you know it's it's how much data have I used, and it's a sort of a, essentially a, a way for governing the billing relationship between. Uh, the uh the The brand and the consumer, and so that you know they wanted to to deliver interactive experiences you know quizzes chances to win stuff et etc inside the the uh, uh, the actual app itself. In order to give people a reason to, uh, you know, go onto the app when it's not just checking, you know, data usage um, to improve, you know, data collection uh, inside the app, which is a very important uh, channel. Uh, and also, interestingly, they used it to um, drive download of the app for customers that hadn't yet downloaded the app. So they promoted the experiences and said, you know, the only way you can engage with it is in the My Vodafone app. And mm-hmm. so in some markets, they had three, four, 500,000 people download, downloading the app in order to engage in a single experience. And, you know, there was a, one experience they did in, in Italy, in the My Vodafone app that had uh, 1.2 million people actually interact with it. So, you know, the deep linking of experiences inside apps is actually a great way to lift the engagement uh, between the brand and the consumer. So uh, an interesting interesting aspect to, to the deep linking.
2: Absolutely. And I think that you've broadened now the, the convenience utility into entertainment as well. So uh, you've ruined my categories.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm really hearing you guys talk about is the emergence uh, here of mobile, you know, being able to reach people in app or, or SMS. But really it's a loyalty play for a lot of brands, right? So this is the way, I mean, I just bought some, flights on United Airlines and, you know, they send me push notifications all the time and about flights there for holidays and and some different things. So between messaging, being able to do it in mobile, being able to bring in your loyalty information you mentioned before, you know, who are the right people? uh, What's the customer lifetime value of the right people in your audience? So it's interesting stuff. One thing I've found lately that that I'd love to get your opinion on and and tell me a little bit about how it works is is conversational uh, messaging that's happening in some of these mobile uh, platforms, you know? Uh, obviously, some of them are bot driven, some of them are human driven, but uh, what's the trend look like there? And what's really all about the conversational uh, messaging that's happening on mobile these days?
2: Yeah, to me, this is um, what I sincerely believe is going to be the biggest paradigm shift in how enterprises are going to be engaging with their customers in the future. Um, and the future, as I said, is because a lot of the conversational channels, the messaging apps that we referred to earlier, Um, where they may be mature from person to person communications they aren't quite there for business messaging yet Um, but when they do let's just consider how marketing is done today and to me it's a series of transactions we're effectively going and saying who's the right person down the right channel with the right content that's personalized rich to drive relevant contextual message at the right time and we, we throw the loaded dice to try and achieve whatever call to action there might be. Now, when we miss, if we miss, we then send another message and we might tweak the content to make it more compelling, we might try a different channel. we might try a different time, but you end up in a series of transactions at different times when you're conversing with a customer, in all honesty, you're not conversing. And this is what conversational messaging uh, actually enables you to do, to listen, have attention, and control the loop. Now, my favorite stat, is one by a company called my elephant in france recently acquired by cinch and they have done some research about customer attention span so for a simple message text message just text in there the average attention span is three seconds okay as soon as you make that a rich message with pictures videos interactivity scratch screens it goes up to around 45 seconds of customer attention span now when that goes to sending a conversational message and having a conversation with the client down one of these channels, they see the average attention span being 120 seconds, two minutes. Now, tell me from you know, your experiences working with enterprises, an enterprise who would not want to have a greater time to be conversing with their customers. It's not around, oh, we've had more, more FaceTime with them, but in this time, you can learn, you can listen, you can understand. Why do you not want to pursue whatever course of action? How would you prefer to operate? Or, oh, you had some questions, we can resolve those. Now you can continue to gain the value of whatever that value exchange may be when they said yes to having a relationship with your brand. And this to me is just incredibly interesting, exciting, but really the future and foundation for how I see enterprises communicate with their customers on mobile in the future And, you know, in case I wasn't clear, these are the habitual preferential channels right now that customers are using to engage with their friends and family. These have these natively built within them for for, um, the ability for enterprises to benefit from in the future. We can't hear Richard. He just went on mute.
1: I'll talk for him. No, 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 no. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm off mute. The perils of doing this from home, I've got homeschooling going on in the other room. (laughs) Well, you mentioned about the um, uh, conversational messaging, and I'll I'll give you an example, kind of where uh, you know one of the things that we've seen with with clients. So, our services team um, can very quickly take any form and turn it into essentially a a chat bot. So you have this conversational messaging style of data collection as people are interacting with an experience. And uh, we uh, we up one concept. For uh, the confectionery brand Maltesers, part of, of Mars, which was essentially um, uh, a kind of uh, chatbot uh, called Malt Damon, that <laughs> basically helped them get movie recommendations, and then uh, you know was entered into uh, a chance to win something at the back end of the experience. But you know, just another example of how you know, I think all marketers are looking at ways to embrace conversational messaging. Um, to create a new and more interactive format uh, to engage with consumers uh, not just for doing things like custom support but actually for doing things like marketing campaigns themselves which uh, which I think is an interesting uh, development
0: yeah well let me ask this question because a lot of this as I mentioned you know in the question chatbot I mean I know that there's a lot of chatbots powering this stuff and, and I agree with you um, I, and I've been I've been on the customer end of this where I can tell they are data mining me right we like to we like to help marketers take unknown contacts into known through experiences and build your database first party zero party data these these mobile experiences these conversational experiences can also append right into your data platform which our you know customer engagement suite does um, but what give me the lowdown on chatbots and really is this a critical mass yet like is this scalable is everybody doing this is this can this be turned on tomorrow or are we talking bleeding edge
2: here right now so, uh, I think there are two parts to this, the channels themselves, I feel, haven't hit critical mass in terms of penetration rates, and those that have, uh, with the exception of Line and WeChat maybe, and potentially Facebook Messenger, um, the majority of these are relatively embryonic in terms of uh, their commercial models, their data security, and they're refining final points before they can truly go to market. Uh, when it comes to chatbots, though, uh, many enterprises have these already and they're really directed towards web chat rather than um, the new channels where it would need to pivot towards. Um, so yeah, for me, there are three types of chatbot. One is those for contained and closed conversations. The next is for open where you need to have um, you know, NLP and interpretation and categorize an open conversation down to a purpose and then try to fulfill it. And then the final one is, uh, is humans. And um, you know, for me, my, I actually experienced this recently in the hotel in Sydney, whereby yeah, I'm really fun, by the way, spoiler alert, to travel with, um, mm-hmm. but I, over breakfast, decided to test the conversational platform of the hotel I was staying in, and uh, it was very impressive. Uh, they had Apple business chats, they had um, uh, text message, they had uh, Facebook messenger, WhatsApp and their own app, and I thought, well, let's try lots of different conversations, and it was so good. Um, I thought this is one of the most advanced chatbots I've worked with. I said, oh, no, no, we're, we're a human. And uh, I was like, okay, maybe you're not that good. So I called their bluff and said, I'm wearing a check shirt. I'll see you uh, in five minutes down in the lobby. And uh, sure enough, I uh, went face-to-face and met the customer service team. And, um, yeah, it was a combination of an overwhelming sense of embarrassment and nerdiness uh, <laughs> in this amalgamation of just general awkwardness. Um, but that, that's the third one. You, you can have... For service-led industries, you may not actually need the technology of chatbots, but you can have humans behind the right platforms to deliver this.
1: So, Andy, um, one of the buzzwords that we hear kind of a lot uh, about uh, making the the rounds is is RCS. Um, Could you explain to the audience what this is? Give give your opinion.
2: Not a problem at all. So it stands for Rich Communication Services. um, This is a native... Conversational messaging product that's being uh, deployed within Android devices. So, where today you get your SMS within the Android messaging client, that same client in the future and present for some users already will have the ability to, um, to have RCS messages. Now, what is an RCS message? What's the value of this? Why all the noise? Um, well, firstly, it's going to be there on Android. So, suddenly you remove the regionalization, it's to do with an operating system. Um, you don't need to download the app, and therefore, anyone who has an Android, so any message to another Android that's RCS enabled will be able to engage. Um, but the features themselves—you can have branding, you have verification of your brand to entrust um, users that it is going to be whoever they're going to be talking to—Virgin Trains or Subway. Um, you have carousels and rich cards. So you know, let's choose which Nissan you want to test drive, or. Let's choose which um, which house I want to view for a rental. Uh, it's integrated within your OS, so you're able to access your voice client to connect to your calendar, your location, and suddenly you're almost going into the nucleus of a phone operating system with a conversational channel that just has a huge amount of potential. Uh, Mobile mm-hmm. Squared um, put some research out on this, and they estimate that. SMS and RCS combined will be a 28 billion US dollar marketplace in 2023. This has huge potential from the increasing reach of it, but really the functionality across an operating system globally. Um, so, very exciting. There are some caveats. Um, sorry to, to break the excitement and momentum with it, but um, penetration rates aren't there yet. You know, it requires operators to have the right infrastructure in place. Um, you know, some have done a better job than others. So, in Japan and uh, the US, they have created joint ventures. Uh, in the US, it's the cross channel messaging, uh, messaging initiative where they've used a single supplier, Synchronos, uh, partner with WIT to make sure that there is a common technical interface for people to engage with. Um, but thereafter, you know, depending on the country, you know, have it with your operator, the right handset, potentially um, SIM card, and then After that, will Apple join to make it one single channel for all smartphone devices, rather than for Android devices? Um, The final thing is the commercial model, where um, I've been in lots of meetings with the GSMA and others where we're not allowed to talk about commercials, but in terms of model, everyone's got their view. Should it be transactional? Should it be a um, session-based model? Should it be a hybrid? And then what are the rates? Is it based off the back of SMS? Is it based off the back of push? Where where do you go? uh, in, in a nutshell, this is super exciting. There's a reason why there's all the noise behind it. Google could be making a load of noise as well towards it, understandably. But there's a few hurdles to get through before it can really be uh, something that's easily adopted by the marketplace and go to uh, hit the penetration rates where I think the business messaging will fly and hit those, um, those statistics by mobile squared of 28 billion marketplace in 2023.
0: Wow. That's a, that's a lot of opportunity there. I mean, this is exciting to me to watch, you know, I, I'm not going to say the death of the website, but I mean, literally, you know, we are a mobile generation at this point. We're all mobile friendly across the globe. I mean, what, China has 1.5 mobile devices per person or something. Um, this could this could really change things. This could change everything, especially for direct-to-consumer brands and, and commerce. I mean, it's right there at your fingertips. And like you said, if the platform itself, the RCS is uh, kind of verifying, or the, or the aggregators are verifying the brands. You know that this is a, a unique, you know, branded experience from a trusted uh, entity. Uh, Tim, I can, can you
1: really say that you're uh, the mobile generation when you were born uh, in the early '70s?
0: Well, you know, they say you reinvent yourself every three years or so. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, young. You know, i still have my hair. <laughs> uh, if I shave, I might look oh, six months younger. But yeah, this is this is cool stuff, man. You're in a great space. What What's, what's the regulation on all this stuff? I mean, we're dealing with GDPR and compliance and all that from, from data acquisition for our customers. I mean, obviously, the, the death of the cookie you know, is, is creating disruption. What are the regulation pitfalls? Are there any other pitfalls in that area when it comes to mobile?
2: Um, so I guess for the, for the new channels, there are different companies running it. So when you look at the OTTs, you'll have Facebook, they'll have their own policies of what content can be shared. You'll have For instance, WhatsApp, where they have their business messenger, you're not allowed to use it for promotional material, but you can use it for um, transactional and service. Um, And generally, they are set up for a P2A. So people sending messages into applications or businesses. So the flow is different. So all of these different channels have different nuances in terms of what's permitted by the owning, um, the owner at at the bottom of the chain. For RCS, that's the operators, um, and so they have tried to put in different ways in which programs get signed off. Um, but I, I still think, unfortunately, uh, my background in SMS is where there has been probably the most complication, something that every client really talks about, um, where they go, okay, we're doing this, but we need to understand you know, how did the uh, data laws change, how do the consent change, how does... You know the sender ID. Am I allowed to send for a brand name, a short code, a long number? Am I able to send at different times of the day? Uh, in France you can't send on public holidays and Sundays. And so you have all these little nuances. Um, and you know, fortunately at Geta, we're in a very strong position to to cater for that with our compliance team and local partners. But I think it, it actually, Tim, you know, with all respect it goes beyond just the regulation. It's around best practice, right? Because you can go there and comply as much as you want, but create something that's just you know, dry and not looking at you know, what's the right experience for the customer. You can be in the letter of the law, but actually not really protecting your customers. And so that's where I think that the local understandings for different verticals and geographies of not just what ticks a box from a regulatory perspective, but what's going to have the greatest impact um, is really important to make sure that, our brands uh, engage with their clients with the highest confidence levels uh, whatever that might be in the world
1: so andy before we let you go i started off the beginning of this podcast giving you a a, a bit of a, a a softball i want to throw a swerve ball at you now what's your favorite pre-smartphone phone that you owned
2: uh, well that's a tough one um I would say in device, and this is really sad, uh, it would be the pager. I used to get my football scores on it, really time critical information. Uh, For mobile device, say, I think it's the Nokia 3210 where I've probably lost a completely inordinate amount of time to Snake. I miss (laughs) that game. I don't know why, Uh, as I said, technology is advanced, but for some simple minds, I, I still miss Snake. How about yourself?
1: Nokia AE210. I could drive a truck over that thing. Uh, i still got it somewhere in my in my house and it's locked away at a drawer. It's uh,
0: unbreakable.
2: <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Well, this has been enlightening, man. we got to have you back and dig into some of these things. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have some questions from our viewers and whatnot, so we'd love to have you back. Um, we uh, we appreciate your time, man. This has been great.
2: And I really appreciate it. it.
0: Okay, well... That's it, Andy Gladwin. And we'll be back to you with more Thinking Caps. Thanks for watching. And uh, check out our other episodes here on the Apple iTunes Podcast.